Let's turn now in God's Word to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. Again, that's after the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah, and then you have Lamentations. After that is Ezekiel. Lamentations chapter 3, and we'll be reading the whole chapter. And these are God's words. I am the man that hath seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me is he turned. He turneth his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin hath he made old. He hath broken my bones. He hath builded against me and compassed me with gall and travail. He hath set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy. Also when I cry and shout, He shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked. He was unto me as a bear lying in wait and as a lion in secret places. He hath turned aside my ways and pulled me in pieces. He hath made me desolate. He hath bent his bow and set me as a mark for the arrow. He hath caused the arrows of his quiver to enter into my reins. I was a derision to all my people and their song all the day. He hath filled me with bitterness. He hath made me drunken with wormwood. He hath also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He hath covered me with ashes. And thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forget prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord, remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore, have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. He sitteth alone and keepeth silence, because he hath borne it upon him. He putteth his mouth in the dust, and so be there may be hope. He giveth his cheek to him that smiteth him. He is filled full with reproach. For the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, 
yet will He have compassion according to the multitude of His mercies. For He doth not afflict willingly nor grieve the children of men to crush under His feet all the prisoners of the earth, to turn aside the right of a man before the face of the Most High, to subvert a man in his cause. The Lord approveth not. Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass? One, the Lord commandeth it not. Out of the mouth of the Most High proceedeth not evil and good. Wherefore doth a living man complain, a man for the punishment of his sins? Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. We have transgressed and have rebelled. Thou hast not pardoned. Thou hast covered with with anger and persecuted us. Thou hast slain. Thou hast not pitied. Thou hast covered thyself with a cloud that our prayer should not pass through. Thou hast made us as the offscouring and refuse in the midst of the people. All our enemies have opened their mouths against us. Fear and a snare has come upon us. Desolation and destruction. Mine eye runneth down with rivers of water for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Mine eye trickleth down and ceaseth not without any intermission. To the Lord look down and behold from heaven. Mine eye afflicteth afflicteth mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. Mine enemies chase me sore like a bird without cause. They have cut off my life in the dungeon and cast a stone upon me. Waters flowed over mine head, then I said, I am cut off. I called upon thy name, O Lord, out of the low dungeon. Thou hast heard my voice. Hide not thine ear at my breathing, at my cry. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou saidest, Fear not. O Lord, thou hast pleaded the causes of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. O Lord, thou hast seen my wrong. Judge thou my cause. Thou hast seen all their vengeance and all their imaginations against me. Thou hast heard their reproach, O Lord, and all their imagination against, against me. The lips of those that rose up against me and their device against me all the day. Behold, they're sitting down and they're rising up. I am their music. Render unto them a recompense, O Lord, according to the work of their hands. Give them sorrow of heart. Thy curse unto them. Persecute and destroy them in anger and from excuse me in anger from under the heavens of the Lord. Those are God's words. The passage before us is similar to the chapters, the first two chapters. It's filled though with Christ. Two verse. 20, Jeremiah grieves himself under God's displeasure because God's displeasure is upon Judah, the covenant people of God who have broken covenant with Him. And so they're filled, or the the Lord's displeasure is upon Judah. And because Jeremiah is part of the covenant people, he is 
a recipient of God's displeasure, at least outwardly. Just as our Savior Jesus was. Verse 5, exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death, encompassed with sorrows. For He partook of the bitter wine, the vinegar, the, the gall, and travail for our sakes, for our sin on the cross. And then through verse 36, Jeremiah pauses his lament and he speaks words of comfort for you. God's people, when you're in trouble, when you're in distress, as again he points us in those verses to Christ. And then uh, from verses 37 to 41, we're given our duty. When we believers are afflicted, what does he say? He says, search and try your ways. Examine yourself whether you be in sin and turn to the Lord. Lift up your heart to the Lord, never considering that afflictions are outside of His providence. Of course, He very clear in this passage. He brought them. And you see in the language after verse 37, um, especially verse 45 and following, you see he changes from the singular about himself to the plural. Verse 44, Thou hast covered thyself with a cloud that our, that our prayer should not pass through. Thou hast made us as the off-scouring refuse in the midst of the people, etc., etc. He's speaking as one of the covenant people of Judah. In a sense, he is seeing his afflictions in the context of being one of the covenant people, one of the members of the church of Judah, of which the Lord is bringing judgment because of the many covenant breakers in the church. So there's, again, evidence here of the corporate aspect of God's people. And when... One in the church sins, and the Lord may even send because of the one who's sinning, judgment upon the church. And then we're all afflicted because of it. And we ought to grieve and be sorrowful and pray. And then through verse 54, he again wails and he's grieving. Similar to what we've seen in the first two chapters. And then to the end of the chapter, he encourages us all to take hope in the Lord, to wait on His salvation. And he appeals to his, the Lord's justice against the persecutors of the church, those who afflict God's people. This, this morning we'll hear about taking up our cross and our following Christ. And just as we must take up our cross following Christ, so the righteous at times are afflicted under God's judgments upon covenant breakers. Why? Verse 20. 
He gives us at least one reason. There's many reasons in the chapter. Verse 20, why are we afflicted? If we're not one of the covenant breakers, but we are in the midst of the covenant breakers, why are we afflicted with them? He tells us to humble us, that we would cling to God all the more. And sometimes it's for our own sin. And maybe we're part of those covenant breakers. Well, then we're part of the us, right? The plural. And so we have to examine ourselves when we're afflicted. And though we be afflicted yet, we are not totally nor finally consumed. Our God's mercies fail not. In Christ our Savior, who was crushed for us. And so as it says in this passage, Verse 23, great is thy faithfulness. And so we cling to his promises, even in the midst of great affliction. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, once again, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful that you teach us your ways. You point us to Christ in the midst of our great afflictions and sorrows and grieving. Father, we do pray that you would teach us And move us to grieving and a righteous sorrow. And even to move within our bowels that we would not be cold or lukewarm. But that we would feel and have those affections and emotions that Christ had. Even at the cross. And His sufferings and His afflictions. And so, Father, make us to be righteous as Christ is righteous and holy as He is holy. And, Father, today we acknowledge some of us, and uh, as we look at the church, deserves your judgments, but some of us may be afflicted ourselves or deserving of affliction and judgments, your discipline. My Father, cause us to examine our own hearts. When we see the afflictions of others in the bride of Christ, in the body of Christ, uh, cause us to examine ourselves first. Lest we too be tempted to fall into the same sins And that we be found righteous in Christ, not dwelling and living in our sin without repentance, becoming greater and more and more hardened in heart. We don't want that. Father, we ask for Your grace, therefore, by Your Spirit, to make us willing, soften our hearts that we would be willing to examine ourselves and not be prideful or so prideful that we would think that we don't need to examine ourselves. And then in our examining of our hearts that we would see the sin, that's sins that we are committing and whatever sins they are, Father, that we would turn to Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, trusting in Your promises. Trusting that you'll hear us in our prayers. Trusting that you will be merciful, that you will be faithful. That you will take care of our enemies. That the afflictions that are on us are for our good. And that they would lead to our being humbled. And that we would be moved by your grace to cling to you all the more. 
So just like Jeremiah, Father, we pray that we would be humbled by you. And that any sins that we have committed, that you would forgive us. And Father, we've broken your commandments. We've not loved our, our neighbors as we ought to, knowing that you are fully worthy of all of our service, all of our life. And we've often, we might say, sacrificed our eternity or the tried to by our sinning against you, by trying to preserve our life or trying to preserve our reputation and not finding you more worthy of all honor in our sacrifice and service. Father, forgive us of these sins, even in our daily relations. By withholding the truth, Father, forgive us. And uh, Father, forgive us for uh, not loving our neighbor. At times, hating our neighbor. Being so frustrated with our neighbor that we are moved to anger and Perhaps it begins with righteous anger, but it it moves into sinful anger with bitterness and desire for vengeance and wrath. Father, forgive us. And then, Father, forgive us for the sins that we have committed directly against you. All those against our neighbor are against you too, but those directly against you as well. Father, not honoring you as God and worshiping you faithfully uh, for taking your name in vain or taking your word in twisting it and lying uh, about the meaning of it. Father, forgive us. And even in this uh, the Sabbath day, Father, forgive us for not remembering and keeping the Sabbath day holy. Make us to keep this day holy. And it would be set apart from all other days. And all of our pleasures, our desires, our wants would be set aside. And that our intention and our focus and our zeal would be upon You as well as serving our neighbors with the good news of the gospel and living out the gospel unto them on this day. And that we would rest our souls in You. That we would not seek to cause others to work, or even work ourselves in our homes. And my Father, help us as best as possible to keep Your day holy. Because we know when we keep Your day holy by Your grace, You bless us. And You bless us mightily. And the more we seek to keep Your day according to Your Word, and honor You with it, and not bring in all the burdens, Father, You will bless Your people. And so bless us and forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our sins of not working diligently the other six days that we might rest this day. And then, Father, we're thankful that You give us great assurances when we seek forgiveness, when we turn to Christ. As we do now, Father, we do pray that You would cleanse us of our sin. We're thankful that You're the God who promises You pardon us of our sins in and by the blood of Christ Jesus, Your Son. And so receive us for His sake. Even in this time, show mercy because we have committed sins in even the last few moments against You. Father, forgive us. 
and uh, receive us for Christ's sake. At all of our worship, all of our prayers, all of our singing, all of our hearing, all the preaching that uh, Your servant does, Father, we pray that it would be done uh, diligently and yet, and by Your grace, of course, by Your Spirit. But where it is not perfect, Father, receive us for Christ's sake, who perfects our prayers, who perfects our singing, who perfects our worship, who perfects our hearing and our preaching. And respond yes and amen to Him. And with this confidence, Father, we are thankful for the ones who have been able to gather today. We pray for those who may not be feeling well or sick. Uphold them, Father, and strengthen them and heal them according to Your promise. Thankful for those who have been healed, are healing, or are being healed. And uh, thankful that You're the God who upholds your, us even in our bodies. Though we, as we grow older, we get weaker and frailer. Our bones, our joints, muscles begin to deteriorate. But You are the God who is strong. And You're the God who gives strength to Your people, even to serve You as we ought to. We're thankful for the great promise as we are about to consider taking up our cross and living lives worthy of Christ. Father, help us to know the meaning of what Paul said, for me, to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And that that would be at the center of our lives. Because we are here for you. We are not here for ourselves, but for you. And for the spread of the good news, the gospel. And so we pray that you would watch over this church as an instrument of making Christ known. Uphold us and protect us from the evil one, from division amongst us. Keep us from it and make us united in the truth. And so grant us Your Word in our hearts that we would believe what we hear from Your Word and entrust it to our lives and our souls by Your grace. Father, pray for the mothers who have babies in the womb, that You would uphold them. We know it is not easy. Uh, It takes much uh, toil. Takes uh, it's a big burden upon the body, so uphold the body of the mothers and the children. Bring the babies about safely, healthy, if it would be your will. And also, if it would be your will, and more importantly than all these other things of body uh, in this life, that is, Father, we pray for the souls of each one that you would sing, or you would save them, you would turn their hearts to you, and you would sanctify them. And make them perfectly holy at the right time. And therefore perfectly blessed in Christ your Son. Pray that for all of our children, for all the mothers, fathers, men and women and children here. You would make us a people who are holy. Give us the grace to be covenant keepers and not covenant breakers. For we desire life, not judgment. And so grant that to us by your grace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.